Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and tricks the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 53rd episode of the podcast on January 3rd, 2014. Whoa, New Year? 2014? Where did 2013 go? Oh, it was fast. It did go really fast. Well, we're recording this a couple days before the Show Me Your News Game of the Year Awards, which is the big production that our podcast network puts on, and I'm the, I'm the driving force behind that, and it's getting very busy in terms of editing, but we figured we'd get out a, a Down the Sidelines episode for you guys, and we're actually going to be uh, featured in the show. Yeah, um, putting together a little best of the, uh, the year in the past, so I believe all the way from... Our January 3rd episode that we had in 2013 all the way up until the last episode we had. Whoa. That's going to be fun to hear. I can't Mm -hmm. wait to check that out. And so you can listen to that uh, either on Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash showmeyournews. Or you can find it on the Show Me Your News page, uh, part of the Show Me Your News network, as the, uh, the show will be posted there. Yeah, I mean, you do a lot of really good musical work in the show. No, so thank you. <laughs> lots of parodies. <laughs> lots, lots of fun to be had. It's it's a great community event. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, because we're kind of out of the you know NFL and college football prediction aspects of things. You know, picking against the spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, we you know, back to our kind of bi-weekly format of the show though we may still do weekly ones i think during the nfl playoffs because those change every week and it's always going to be a story but we get some quick hits here in the beginning you know cover some things briefly that have been happening and then the three big headlines in the red zone like we always do and joel we're going to start in the quick hits here mm-hmm. 105,000 plus gathered inside michigan stadium the big house mm-hmm. on gosh mm-hmm. it was a cold day i think it was you know 13 degrees fahrenheit snow just coming down in droves for the 2014 NHL Bridgestone Winter Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and Detroit Red Wings, did you uh, end up seeing that game? Uh, yeah, I actually watched the end of it. And uh, I believe it was the highest rated regular season game in 39 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it tied with the uh, Red Wings and Blackhawks Winter Classic. That one took place at Wrigley Field in 2009. Uh, that got a 2.5 share, and that's pretty, pretty good for the NHL. It's about... Eight and a half ish million people. Uh, it's a very good exposure for the NHL, and yeah, I I can't help but be proud, you know, on my alma mater's you know football stadium, you know, transformed like that. Guinness World Record for people watching a hockey game. Yeah, uh, you know, it, that's just great. Although it was amusing to watch, you know, all the snow come down. They had to clear <laughs> the snow off the ice, and then they had to change ends of the rink during the third period and overtime halfway through because of the wind. Yeah. So that, that was different. The, uh, was it? I heard there was, I didn't see it, but I heard there was a lot of talk about the national anthems at the beginning, or? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was a lot of talk. I had some thoughts on it. Uh, they had, you know, both groups of four 
you know, mm-hmm. for the Canadian and American national anthems. Canadian, I think it was the Tanners. Yeah, hmm. the Tanners was the name of the group. And they, they did a good job, you know, nice harmonies and all. Yeah. Zach Brown Band did the American national anthem. Huh. Not good. Ooh. Not good at all. Um, that was pretty embarrassing. Oh, Although boy. apparently there was someone else who was doing a national anthem that day, and they did a worse job, and I'm trying to remember who it was. It was something I didn't see, but I you know, saw the headline pop up, and it's just like, oh, that's, that's unfortunate. It's always awkward when someone does a really bad national anthem. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. great for hockey. Uh, I think you know, the Winter Classic is such a great event. If I were to change one thing, it would be put it on the week between the AFC and NFC championships and the Super Bowl. Yeah. So much is going on on New Year's Day. <clears throat> And you got nothing going on that weekend. That's the perfect spot for it. But they're doing this stadium series uh, in Yankee Stadium and Dodger Stadium. Uh, we're doing outdoor games as well. Hmm. It's not with the fanfare of the Winter Classic. It's going to be the end of this month, I believe. Yeah. I don't know. It was a great game. I mean, maybe the end result probably wasn't what you wanted it to be. But, uh, I mean, it well, was definitely good. I went to a shootout, and the Red Wings are just god-awful in shootouts this year. That's not surprising. But Bernier, the, the Leafs goalie, just, he was standing on his head. He played well, oh, yeah, really well. definitely. And it was, it was nice to watch. It was, you know, on a personal level, we got our basement entertainment center set up with the surround sound and everything, mm-hmm. and that was the first thing that we watched with that set up fully intact and everything, not just, you know, partial hodgepodge and everything. Oh, that was... Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I bet if you just opened a window or, or threw some snow in there, you feel like you're right there. <laughs> we did have a window, so that would have been possible. <laughs> Bit chilly though. Uh, we've been talking also about the Texas, you know, Univer- University of Texas uh, college football head coach search after Mac Brown stepped down in a, in a tough loss in his mm-hmm. his last bowl game. But you know, he went out, you know, with with some honor, which was good to see. There had been talk about Nick Saban in the running, and then, you know, right before the retirement was official, Saban, you know, confirmed the extension with Alabama, and then just names have been popping up for this Texas job, but they've been shut down. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, the, uh, well, it's, it's almost like uh, the new athletic director is just, I don't know, like, I don't really know how they did their selection in the past. I mean, obviously that was quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like he's trying to get as many people involved in this decision as he can. Right. Um, and I, I don't know if he just really doesn't want to get it wrong <laughs> or what. But, uh, I mean, eventually they're they're going to have to make a decision. Their season's over. Yeah. They got to um, get recruiting going again. I mean, yeah, they really that's what they really need to work on because every day there isn't a coach there, they're losing some hometown recruit, something mm-hmm. like that. And you know, I mean, everybody wants recruits out of Texas. So there's people trying to raid your recruiting area all the time. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that job. I mean, they were first talking about, you know, oh, Jimbo Fisher from Florida State. Well, why would he leave Florida State? He's got it great there. Art Bryles from Baylor. No, he said he's staying at Baylor. Jim Mora, UCLA, was linked to the Texas job. He's saying he's staying at UCLA. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But it's funny that, you know, he's still haven't hired a coach, and it's yet it's this job with a lot of prestige, one of you know, the, 
the best in the country because of where they are located and how big football is in Texas. And they have their own television network. And yet, they can't rake in you know the big names. Well, I, I mean, it. the longer they wait, I think the more people are expecting it's going to be somebody big. Because mm-hmm. it's like you're taking all this time to do this, make this de- decision, and then... And if they, I mean, if they pull out some name that nobody's ever heard of, everyone's gonna be yeah. like, "What is this?" I uh, would not be surprised to see that happen with how long it's dragging out. Yeah, I mean, oh boy, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Also, in college football, the bowl season is you know it's really starting to come to a close. You have the Orange Bowl going on right now mm-hmm. uh, with Clemson and Ohio State, and you're saying that Clemson was winning at the moment. And I, I believe both are locks. We got those wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> those well, big 12 teams, we just don't know. I'll tell you. <laughs> when you have the three biggest point spreads in all of the bowls, which for however many bowls there are, too many, when the top three biggest point spreads, not only the favorites fail to cover, but the favorites lose the game, you know something fluky is going on there. I, I mean, I I can't tell you one person that picked that one the other night. I just it surprised me. Oklahoma I, over Alabama, shocking. And we we got to play both of those teams next year. <laughs> oh, there was a statistic that I'm going to try to pull up. I think uh, oh, Marquise Lee, the USC wide receiver, is going to enter the NFL draft. Oh. There you go. There was some statistic uh, that Sports Center had on their Twitter account last night that I'm trying to to find of just about the kind of night that Trevor Knight had uh, on the season. He had 471 pass yards and five touchdowns against the best defense of the country, 333 and four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, I, I got to see. I'm sorry. Three, I'm sorry. Three forty-eight, four times. I, I got to see W play him early in the year, mm-hmm. and I believe he threw us three interceptions and got hurt in that game. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when Blake Bell took over. Right. Um, and then he became the starter again at the end of the year when he was healthy, and he got hurt in that game too the, against Oklahoma State. Yeah. So every, a lot of people were surprised that he was starting. They didn't think they didn't know if he was going to be healthy or not for the game, um, but I mean, might. Bama's favored he, by he, seventeen. He outplayed AJ McCarron. Oh, that's, that's shocking. I, with probably a less talented supporting cast. That's true. Uh, the Sooners are back, though. Uh, Bob Stoops, <clears throat> the only coach in the BCS era to win the title game and mm-hmm. each BCS bowl. I mean, and, and you know what these kind of BCS games do is they kind of give somebody, they give people that make predictions a look into maybe what next year's team will be like, depending mm-hmm. on graduating seniors. You got to think right now after watching that that Oklahoma's probably going to be favored to win the Big Twelve. Certainly impressive. I mean, he their quarterback's going to be a sophomore, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know. Looked about as good as you can look. I don't... 
pretty much. I mean, Alabama was favored by 17. They lost Baylor, favored by 16 and a half to Central Florida. They lost in the Fiesta Bowl, and that was a, a shootout there that yeah never got that close. Blake Bortles is a very good. He is good. Wow. And then Arizona State, favored by 16, lost to Texas Tech. I mean, that's that, uh, that's nuts. Just that was weird. Like, especially how Texas Tech finished the season. I, I don't think anybody picked them to win that game. Um, and I let, let's see, uh, Oregon did what everybody expected Oregon to do. Hmm. Handled Texas pretty pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're the, I'm trying to think if there were any other uh, notable upsets or. I don't know about you know notable upsets, but you know the Rose Bowl game was quite a great game. Yeah, but just how it ended, you can't. <laughs> You can't do what they're expecting you to do. It's just mm-hmm. I, I, everybody knew Stanford was going to do that, and you're playing against probably the best defense to stop that. I mm. I still can't believe that's what they chose to do. But well, that was a big win for the Michigan State. Oh program. no, it's I, I it's, think it's I think it's a very important win for the Big Ten mm-hmm. um, heading into next year because again that kind of stuff sets up your preseason rankings and stuff. And the more that they can have multiple teams ranked higher, um, you know, it, it's just as important as scheduling big games and winning those because that's always, that was their struggle was their not that the stuff in the conference was bad. It was that they're out of conference stuff. That's an out of conference win. It's a big one. Yeah. Right. It looks good for the big 10 that a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, National experts are down on. By the way, the other really bad national anthem performance was Ben Vereen at oh. the Fiesta Bowl. Ooh. That, was, that, was, that was not good. Uh, so let's get into the red zone. You know, the three biggest sports stories of the, the past week, past couple weeks. Uh, it starts with the NFL coaching carousel. You know, Black Monday came and went. I think you had five or six teams lose jobs. Yeah, I don't think it was all the coaches. way up to the seven or eight last no, year. No, definitely was a little so... lower. Yeah. Uh, I think the most shocking one was in Cleveland with Rob Chudzinski. Only been there a year. Yeah. And Deadspin had a write-up of an article where you know, the reporter was texting players, and they had you know, reactions that were mixed from you know, just incredulous, shocked, to outraged. Because you don't have any consistency when you're, you know, firing coaches after one year in the NFL, uh, that's that's craziness. I, I I feel bad for Browns fans. Everywhere. Why did you even bring him in if you exactly. thought that? I mean, it takes more than one year to to build a team. Everybody can't be Andy Reid. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I think the worst thing is I don't think they have a plan to replace him, and. If you're firing coaches without any plan of what direction you want to go in, then that's not how you run an organization. Mm-hmm. So, shame on the Browns for for doing that. I mean, I hope they find a good coach and that they can turn it around because, you know, we do have you know friends in the Show Me Your News Network that are Browns fans, mm-hmm. and it's tough. And as a Lions fan, I can relate with the the losing and the doldrums and the lack of success, but. That's that's frustrating, especially when you see the players react in that way. Uh, w- speaking of, would would you say that you're like more surprised with Cleveland doing that 
than like you know some of the other coaches out there who you thought, oh well, I mean they might be fired, but they weren't. Hmm. Dallas, I'm not surprised because Jerry Jones is he sticks with Jason Garrett to a fault, I think. Mm-hmm. But they did have you know some issues with you know injuries and just an overall talent level. Other teams that stayed the course, Oakland usually is the team that makes those kind of rash moves as well. Mm-hmm. I think it was there was a coach that they did the same kind of thing with one year, and they haven't really found one that they've stuck with. Uh, the Giants were close to a playoff push after their terrible start, and mm-hmm. with what Coughlin's done for the the team, he's got to be a life. He's getting close to the end of his career, so uh, ride it out. And Rex Ryan. Getting that team to 500 and win that at the beginning of the year, we thought <laughs> they would win maybe two games. Yeah. I, I, yeah, have him hold on to his job for now. I mean, your rookie quarterback, Geno I, Smith. I saw an interesting tweet the other day that was, um, you know, you go you go 500 um, with Geno Smith and everybody's upset, but you go 500 with Tim Tebow and everybody thinks it's amazing. <laughs> well, that's because... <laughs> The media and the public were infatuated with Tim Tebow. And now he's uh, an SEC network analyst, but he's he's still going to try to continue his dream of playing quarterback. Good luck with that, Tamar. (sighs) And then also the the Tennessee Titans haven't let go of Mike Munchak, but uh, they're apparently meeting with him either Mm -hmm. today or tomorrow. So that may change. But the other teams that did let go of their coaches, uh, the Detroit Lions... Uh, you know, local team for me. That was not surprising, though I also would not have been surprised if they held on to Jim Schwartz because yeah. the ownership that is here is the real problem, and sometimes they stick with coaches to a fault. Uh, he should have been gone after last year, after four and twelve with that talent. But this year, six and three, Jay Cutler injured, Aaron Rodgers injured, the Vikings are terrible. And then you go. One and six down the stretch to end up seven and nine and miss the playoffs. And you had a shot. If you beat the New York Giants at home and you beat the Minnesota Vikings on the road, with how things had played out, you would have made the playoffs. But you lost both of those games. And it, I mean, it's not going to get easier. It's no. going to be harder every single year than it would have been this year. I mean, well, now Jay Cutler's getting way overpaid now, but you know, we'll see. Um, you know, when we make the play here, we're going to ask who will be the head coach of the Detroit, Detroit Lions, uh, the next head coach, because I have a couple thoughts on that. But uh, the rundown of the other coaches who lost their job, uh, Houston Texans, that happened you know, in the middle of the season. Uh, close to the end of the season, but they got Bill O'Brien from Penn State. Good hire. That is a good hire. I mean, he he eventually was going to be in the NFL. I think we all knew that was well, going to happen. Yeah, he he was you know offensive coordinator in New England. Went back to <laughs> Penn State. Did a great job considering the state of that program. Um, but yeah, good hire for Houston Vikings. Let go of Leslie Frazier. Uh, so did the Buccaneers with Greg Schiano. Mm-hmm. That's not surprising considering there's supposed turmoil in that locker room. And they get Lovey Smith. Uh, yeah. Lovey Smith, the new Bucks coach. And then the dysfunctional Washington Redskins with the Mike Shanahan experience. He gone. No replacement yet. So, I mean, I think the Lions are the most appealing job out of all yeah. of those. They have the talent. You just need someone to come in and change the culture and 
you know, try to get them to that level of consistently making the playoffs, winning a playoff game for the first time since the mm. 1950s. A playoff game, yes. Um, my my question about Bill O'Brien: You think that he goes defensive player mm. with the, his first, first pick, overall pick? That's right. That's what they have. Um, I mean, we we if he goes defensive, we probably all know who that's going to be. Clowney. Yeah. If he goes offensive, I'm not really sure who that's going to be. Yeah, because the quarterbacks in this draft, you know, there is Teddy Teddy Bridgewater, but is he worth a number one pick? I'm not sure. I, I think you could get him a little later. I think so, too. Uh, and then after that, you know, some people are thinking Johnny Manziel make a push for number two. I, I think you, if you really want to take Bridgewater, you could trade up into, like, the midpoint of the first round and still grab him. Mm. I think I think that he could still be there. Well, it depends on the desperation of other teams. You know, some other teams are looking for a quarterback. They, I think, might be reaching for some QBs in this draft. Well, because, uh, again, I, I was going back and listening to some of our old episodes, and I looked back and, and so, like, we were all talking about those three rookie quarterbacks from – you know, a year ago in the playoffs and how we thought that would make people draft quarterbacks earlier. Mm. And really it didn't. Yeah. Like the next year. I mean, there was EJ Emanuel was probably the exception. Right. There. And they, and Buffalo reached for him. Yeah. Well, that's going to be interesting. Uh, as far as making the play, who will be the head coach of the Detroit Lions? I was curious if you had any names that you think would be um, for them. Well, I mean, just some of the ones that everybody's heard, probably. Uh, Ravens offensive coordinator Jim Cal- Caldwell, uh, Chargers offensive coordinator Ken Winsenhut, and Seahawks defensive coordinator Tom Cable are all people that are rumored. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Tom Cable, I think they are passing on him, mm-hmm. which I'm not surprised. I mean, he was not that good of a head coach in Oakland. Mm-hmm. They did interview Jim Caldwell today. Um. But the thought here is that that may be a Rooney rule interview hmm. to just be minority. I, I think I think he would be a good coach, but I think right now it's looking like Wiz and Hunt's probably going to be the guy mm-hmm. if he wants it, and that's I mean, the question. He does have a history of you know having lots of offensive talent. I mean, he oh, had yeah. Todd there in Arizona. Mm-hmm. He took him and, to his Super Bowl. Yeah, he certain he certainly knows what to do with it. Um, it would be interesting to see if you know what kind of style of offense if he tries to run something similar. Uh, hmm. So, I think I, I hope for Wiz and Hunt, but with the head coaching options available, it doesn't seem to be as strong of a class. I mean, we're not seeing you know the. Bill Cower and Sean Gruden pop up as much as past <laughs> years. So I think those are just like, just you know, people's hopes and dreams. They're not running, not rampant. real candidates. Right. So it'll be interesting. I think Wizen Hunt will be, will be the guy though. Yeah. Ten yard line. We've got the national championship on Monday night for college football. It's the Auburn Tigers and the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, just a little bit, you know, what what do you think about this game now that we are closer to it? Well, uh, usually, like, what I start doing at this point in the season, since all these other games have been played, and I can kind of see 
what these teams do out of conference when they match up. Like, it almost makes you think, like, I don't know if Alabama just wasn't up for the game or they just completely surprised, but they did not look like they wanted to be there. And really, a lot of their scoring was really bad tackling by Oklahoma and throwing screen passes to a a running back who should not be able to be, you know, breaking 70-yard screen pass plays for touchdowns and stuff. And really, that was most of their offense. If if you take away those big plays that they got from that, that running back, I mean, the game probably wouldn't have been close. Uh, so I don't really know if, if Auburn just killed them, <laughs> like just killed their everything after that game. But it was a it pretty kinda, demoralizing last play. I, yeah, I mean, like I kind of just look around the SEC and I, I feel like maybe because of all the past years of success of the SEC, they might be a little overrated this year as a conference as a whole. Yeah. Um, you know, it's nice to see Missouri in there, um, you know, making waves and stuff, but you almost got to wonder, you know, maybe, maybe they are because the rest of the SEC isn't, is to the level that we're used to seeing. Um, I don't know. It just, is it just me or for this national championship game? I'm not that excited to see it. I don't see as much of an intrigue. I don't think it'll be as close as it may be. Mm-hmm. I, I think Florida State, you know, just handles their business like they have all year. And yeah, stranger things have happened, especially with, you know, trends of Heisman Trophy winners and they don't play as well. And the number two team usually gets the best of the number one team more often than not. But I got a feeling about. You know, this game with the Seminoles and how they've just played all year. I mean, I think that Winston's going to have to perform. I think he's going to have to play well. Um, I don't think he can just go in there and hand the ball off a lot and make safe throws and that kind of thing. I, I think because I, I don't think the Florida State's defense is going to be able to hold Auburn down the whole game. I think maybe... For a quarter or two, they can. I think because what I mean, we've all watched Auburn over the past couple of weeks. It's just been like a a train mm-hmm. <laughs> coming right at you. Um, like sure, they'll throw the ball around a little bit, and you know their quarterback he he makes plays, but the main source of that offense is just running the ball right at you. And both teams, though, with the time off, you never know what kind of team you're going to get. I mean, yeah, Auburn might very well come out and throw the ball over the place, and everyone will be like, "What are they doing?" <laughs> we didn't prepare for this. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'd really like to see those just, you know, lots of points and back and forth, and these two quarterbacks just giving it everything they got. But I don't know. For some reason, I think every time I, I think the game's going to be a big offensive game, it always starts very slow. Mm. And like it's like the offenses just don't look right. Yeah, and then it takes them some time to warm yeah, up. Yeah, and, and, and so like I have a feeling that you know it might the first half, quarter might end and it's might be seven seven, mm. something yeah. like that, and then we'll see an explosion in the third quarter or something like that. But 
Uh, right now, you know, if I had to pick it, I'd, you know, I'd still say I'd favor Florida State. I think that their defense is clearly better than Auburn's, and their offense is more than capable of scoring. Uh, you know, they don't run the ball that well, but they haven't needed to all year. Mm-hmm. That because their quarterback can make pretty much every throw you need to make, even you know as young as he is, um, he gets really good protection. He's got so much time. I think more than anything else, the thing that makes him so good is the fact that people don't get to him, and when they do, he breaks out of the quarter. He breaks out. And yeah. he's either looking downfield to throw or he just runs. Uh, it's hard to stop. It really is. It is. Yeah, I think famous Jameis makes the difference. I, I think it, it'll be a it'll be a fun game to watch. But I don't know. I think there have been matchups in the past where I've been more excited than this I, one. I, I just hope it's not. I I hope it's close. Yeah. Because uh, those there's nothing worse than national championship that's one sided because. You really want to watch the game, but it's just not fun to watch when there's. It's like the game's over in the second half, and that is true. And I also want Florida State to win because SEC dominance needs to stop. Just please yeah. make it stop. <laughs> All right, the five-yard line. The biggest story is you know the start of the wild card round of playoffs for NFL. Pro football. I mean, oh, that last week just killed me. It was five times over. It was something, wasn't it? Especially considering, you know, I'm a Steelers fan, mm-hmm. and uh, having to watch everything fall in place except one thing. Uh, one for them missed to get into the field playoffs. goal and by the you know, Kansas City it's, Chiefs. It's their it's their own fault. So they win one other game this season, and they're they don't have to worry about it. But, um. I think what hurt me the most was the day after the game when the referees came out and said there should have been a penalty yep. on the field goal. And I just said, why? Why even say that? That, <laughs> like, that is something that you just you take to your grave. Uh, I just don't, Yeah, I don't understand what the point of coming out and saying that you were wrong is. Because you're not going to do anything about it. Exactly. You can't do anything about it. So I, there's just no point. <sighs> it's kind of a salt in the wound sort of thing. But yeah, and that's the worst too when it's something that I felt probably most in that infamous 2007 Michigan and Appalachian State game. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Michigan opens their season home against Appalachian State next year. Oh, wow. You think they're... They're trying to right the wrongs well, back then, I, but <laughs> I they I mean Appalachian State probably doesn't have the same kind of athletes exactly. they had. But not back the same then, program. But, anyway, yeah. but it, that game Appalachian State got off to a big lead and it was mm-hmm. shocking and everything. But Michigan came back. Yeah. And they, did. they were about to make you know, go for field goal to win the game and from all of that, you know, defeat, seize victory. Yep. So you get, you're out of the game at first, and you get your hopes up, and then it's brutally ripped away from you. And you know, the Steelers starting the year at zero and four, and then, you know, getting to where they were to yeah. have a missed field goal 
like Kansas City, that was all they need against the Chargers, who now occupy the sixth playoff spot. Yeah. Go Chargers, go. You know, and the the thing is, I, I kind of feel bad for the Chargers because they were trying their hardest to win that game, and Kansas City was not. <laughs> they probably p- played like three or four starters on both sides of the ball the entire game, and they almost beat them. Oh, yeah. That doesn't bode well for San Diego. It doesn't. Against, who is it, the Bengals? I believe that's who they have, yeah. I I don't know about that game. If you can barely beat a team when they're not trying, I... Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, we shall see. I mean, the, the Saturday games... Uh, starts Kansas City at Indianapolis. Uh, that'll be an interesting one. Indianapolis has lost to a lot of teams this year that they should not have lost to. They've also beaten a lot of very good teams. So yeah. we'll watch. I don't, I don't think any of us had them beating Denver. No, definitely not. I think they even beat Kansas City during yeah. the year. Mm-hmm, I think so. So that'll be a fun one to watch as well. And then New Orleans at Philadelphia. And that's the... A three-six matchup uh, at prime time at eight ten. Um, this round of the playoffs in Indianapolis, Cincinnati, and Green Bay has been kind of played with issues about the game almost getting blacked out mm-hmm. because it hadn't been sold out. Uh, and it's especially the case, you know, if we look on Sunday, it's you know San Diego. At Cincinnati, as you said. And then San Francisco at Green Bay for the, the 440 game. It's the Green Bay one in particular. Because the game is outside in Lambeau Field. With the fans as owners. You know, a whole bunch of different owners for the team. So tickets are really hard to get. You know, I have a long wait list. And the game's not sold out. Well, it's because Windchill expected there currently is projected to be negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Wind chill. And then when you factor that in with the high prices of tickets, and then you compare that to a nice setup at home, warmth, food that doesn't cost you an arm and a leg, is the NFL experience at the stadium really worth it? Plus, you can even watch the game with you know just the quiet and you know the ambiance of your sound system, and not drunk, belligerent fans that make watching the game at the stadium an awful experience. I mean, if you like pain, because <laughs> if your if your skin is touching that masochist. temperature long enough, you're gonna be hurting. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think that's many degrees past the point where I would not go to a game like that. Yeah. Um, I think zero and, pe- and people who do, please cover up. We don't need frost. Uh, yeah, some of those Green Bay fans, I'll tell you, there have been some cold games and you see girls in bikini tops, and I'm not minding seeing the girls in the bikini tops. I'm not saying that. And neither is the cameraman. Uh, of course not. Especially when it's that cold. <laughs> and some things show. 
But no, I like gotta. Now we know why people like to go to the Green Bay games. I mean, there you go. Especially in the dead of winter. But you gotta think like that's just that's gonna be miserable. Cincinnati is gonna be a similar way too. Especially if they lose here right now. Go to that game and lose. It is cold right now. They're in a cold stretch. Anyway, making the play here. Who do you think wins this weekend out of these four games? Um, okay. Well, let's see. I'd say for the Kansas City Indianapolis game, I think I'm actually going to go with Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I will too. Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of impressive that they were, that their backups were, you know, playing that well. I mean, if anything, some of those guys probably earned more playing time. Mm-hmm. It shows you the depth. You know, the starters are rested. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Paul Charles, it, don't count him out. Yeah, I, you know what I think? I think they managed to find a way to rest the starters and still play competitively. So all the coaches are still, like, in that kind of competitive mindset. It's like they didn't just take the week off. Because, uh, like, you know, I can tell I'm, you know, Andy Reid wanted to win that game. Oh, yeah. You could tell that he wanted to win that game and everything, but... Uh, and they they almost did. They're one field goal away. So yeah, they were driving down the field. They could have easily laid up and said, "Ah, oh, we don't care." Yeah, I mean, it, really, they could have. They had uh, that, you know, first round home game locked up. They were couldn't move out of their spot. There's nothing for them to yeah, get. Yeah, there was not. There was rarely does that. Rarely is there like absolutely nothing to gain at all, like positioning wise. Um, but uh, this year it just worked out that way. Um, pretty impressed with those backups, and I, you know, I think just their home field advantage all year has been great. They've sold so many tickets. Um, well, it is and, in, in it's in Indianapolis. Oh, that's right. Because so, they are the division winner. Yeah, right. I, know, I would agree with you. If in Kansas City, I think it would be you know more of a no brainer there, yeah. but. Well, I mean, maybe they'll maybe they're, they'll bring plenty of away fans. Not that that usually matters, but who knows? But I think Andrew Luck can only do so much. Uh, he's had his you know wide receiver talent kind of dwindled over time, and the defense isn't much to speak of. I think Kansas City is just a deeper, more well-rounded team, and I think you know with Alex Smith at quarterback, I think he has enough playoff experience that he can go in and yeah uh, win. In, I mean, Indianapolis. Indy, Indy kind of was. They've won the games early that they need to win and then kind of fell in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, it was just because a lot of teams lost. Right. So. No, that's true. Uh, New Orleans at Philadelphia. It's going to be an interesting matchup, that's for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to the safety play. You have you know, two quarterbacks playing very well. Defenses who are doing you know kind of creative, interesting things. But I can't trust New Orleans on the road. Mm-hmm. They are a completely different team on the road. It's going to be cold in Philadelphia. I think that's going to make a difference for Drew Brees and the team that is usually loose, used to indoor turf. Um, you know, the Saints don't have that history of winning on the road in the playoffs, so I'm going to take Philly. Uh, this is, I mean, this is exactly what Philadelphia needed in this first round was to you know have some home field advantage, uh, get a team who's. In an out- indoor stadium, coming there at this time of the year, 
it sets up. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Even if I look at all the other games, it sets up so much more perfectly for them than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is their game to lose. <laughs> really? Yeah. If you win there, you think you play probably a Carolina team. Yeah, you play Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's looks pretty good for them. San Diego at Cincinnati, I think we're in lockstep here. Cincinnati should be too good at home. Unless Andy Dalton has a breakdown and throws three picks, uh, San Diego, with the way they've played and they've snuck in the playoffs, probably doesn't have much of a chance here on paper. Yeah. I mean, Bengals kind of just put the Ravens out of their misery mm-hmm. last week. They and, uh, doing so. and San Diego just, I was not impressed with them against Kansas City's backups. I. Mm-hmm. I kind of expected more. I I expected them to blow out Kansas City because, again, they're not starting. You know, all those great players not trying. And, yeah, it just it's it really surprised me, and I I just think Cincinnati is so, so much better than they are. Yeah, so. yeah, that defense too. Watch out. But you know, as as Herm Edwards say, you. Play to win the game. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, the last game is the Green Bay game that we mentioned where they're hosting the San Francisco 49ers. And this team, these two teams met up last year yep. in the playoffs, and it was not pretty for the pack Oof. as uh, Colin Kaepernick ran all over them with that play that you know they sometimes show where the defense just is not looking at Colin Kaepernick as he runs right by them, mm-hmm. the wide open holes. So we'll see if Green Bay can lock that down. Uh, they don't have the best defense here. And I think what gives them a chance is the return of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that that game with Chicago, that was something. Yeah. To watch the fourth and eight play, and Randall Cobb goes deep right down the middle, and that's a ball game, 30-some yep. seconds left. That was That was something. Yeah, I mean, I just think uh, that I think you're as far as defenses go, San Francisco's defense is another monster. Um, and to you know be coming back from injury and have to go against them right away, that's just going to be really tough for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, they've given him lots of trouble in the past, right? And um, I mean, they're going to put they're going to try and get as much pressure as they can on him. So, you know, Green Bay's got to be ready to run the ball somehow. they got to find a way to run the ball. Um, because I think putting all of it on him against this great defense is going to be really hard. I, I don't think that they can do that. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, as far as Green Bay's defense actually stopping San Francisco with those key injuries on defense, I don't know how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take San Francisco as well, uh, pretty much for the reason you said. I think well, the the cold might play a factor. It That'll could, but I, I do yeah. want to. I really do want to see the NFC West rematch in Seattle. That that'd be fun to see. Oh no, yeah, I think that there's. I think it's kind of just a. It's developed into. I'm sure you know it has been a rivalry, but it's developed into something a little bit more especially with those two quarterbacks oh, i for mean sure. <laughs> that that's all everybody wanted to talk about every time they play so 
So we'll see if that happens. We both have Kansas City over Indianapolis, Philadelphia over New Orleans, Cincinnati over San Diego, and San Francisco over Green Bay. But we'll see what really happens. Uh, It's time for us to get back to work on our respective Show Me Your News Game of the Year things. Again, you can check it out. On twitch.tv slash news, we'll have the replay if you can, in case you can't catch it live Sunday, January 5th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Or it's going to be at showmeyournews.com slash podcast, which is the Show Me Your News uh, website for that podcast. That's the 150th episode yep. of that and, podcast. Uh, I believe, let's see, Ohio State is leading Clemson Ooh, right now what? at that time. Uh, 22 to 20. So Watch I out, guess it definitely, was, it definitely was a safety. <laughs> and um, let's see. Uh, Raxon Miller just, oh, the block oh, extra oh, point and a safety. Oh, that's what it was. Um, oh, what is going on in that game? The, uh, the other game that we thought kind of looked like a BCS game, was Oklahoma State-Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missouri's leading 17-7 at halftime. There's also a video on Deadspin that just went up of a uh, Oklahoma State field goal. Mm-hmm. That they're in a dome and a uh, field goal went off the upright near the top, oh, and just geez. the acoustics that come off of that and how it sounds. The the video they just loop at the point where it hits the upright and just the sound it creates. It's it's an interesting watch. Check that out. Mm. Interesting. All right, and then we'll see what else develops in the next couple weeks. Uh, in the world of sports, but it'll be it'll be fun to watch some NFL playoffs. Oh yes, and of course, busy weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll see if I actually get to watch those call it those football games. Uh, all of all of the football games. So with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the weekend sports. Have a good one. <laughs>